this afternoon we continue to examine the Baptist uh, Catechism in question, in particular questions 66 and 67, as you see them up on the screen behind me. These are the last two questions that deal with the fourth commandment. The fourth of the Ten Commandments as found in Deuteronomy chapter 5 verses 12 through 15 state this. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do, um, not, not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any other, any of your living or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from, the, from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So the London Baptist Confession of Faith, chapter 12, paragraph 8, teaches us that the Sabbath is then kept holy unto the Lord, when men, after a due preparing of their hearts and ordering their common affairs aforehand, do not only observe a holy rest all day from their own works, words, and thoughts about their worldly employment and recreation, but are also taken up the whole time in public and private exercise of His worship and in the duties of necessity and mercy. So over the last two weeks, we have answered the questions 62, uh, a number of questions on the Sabbath. 62, if you recall, answers the question or asks the question, what is the fourth commandment? Question 63 of the catechism asks, what is required in the fourth commandment? Question 64, which day of the seven has God appointed to be the weekly Sabbath? Question 65, how is the Sabbath to be sanctified? Now, this, an this afternoon, we will answer question 66, what is forbidden in the fourth commandment? And question 67, what are the reasons annexed, or what are the reasons added to the fourth commandment? So let us now examine question 66, what is forbidden in the fourth commandment? The answer, you can follow along up there, I'm not going to have you repeat it after me uh, this, this time. It says, the fourth commandment forbids the omission or careless performance of the duties required and the profaning the day by idleness or doing that which in itself sinful or by unnecessary thoughts, words, or works about worldly employments or recreations. So church, I want to draw your attention to three areas that are mentioned in answering the question on what is forbidden in the fourth commandment. So there's three areas that we want to look at or examine consist of the omission of its observance, the careless performance of the duties required, and the profaning of the day. So those are the three areas we were going to dive a little deeper in and look at. So throughout scripture, you see this concept of twoism. We have the creator and creation. We find in scripture male and female clean and unclean, good and evil, right and wrong, the people of God and enemies of God, holy days and common days. Ezekiel twenty two twenty six tells us, 
Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the common. Neither have they taught the difference between the unclean and the clean. They have disregarded my Sabbaths so that I am profaned among them. So church, God has given us two types of days. He has given us six common days for employment and recreation. And he has given one day set apart, sanctified, holy for his undivided worship in both private and public. So we see these two days set apart, two types of days, six common and one set apart for the worship of our Lord um, and Savior. In those days, so we do not want to be like the people in Judah. So there's a lot of examples in Scripture of what not to do and warnings. So we don't want to be like the people in Judah whom Nehemiah confronted that have completely omitted, so one of the areas, omitted or neglected to keep the Sabbath day as holy and set apart from all other days. So hear what Nehemiah has to say in chapter 13, verses 15 and 17. In those days I saw in Judah people treading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in heaps of grain and loading them on donkeys, and also wine, grapes, figs, and all kinds of loads which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I warned them on that day when they sold food. Verse 17 tells us, Then I confronted the nobles of Judah and said to them, What is this evil thing that you are doing profaning the Sabbath? We are to keep the Sabbath separate, distinct, sanctified from all other days, the six other days, that this would be appropriate to do. Therefore, we are forbidden to neglect observing this Lord's Day. We are forbidden to make this day common like the six other days in the week. The weekly observance of the Sabbath is not optional for the Christian. While there may be seasons, not of your own choosing, that we find ourselves providentially hindered from observing the Sabbath in its fullest, in many regards, the Sabbath is the litmus test of the Christian faith. So think about this, church. If you are unwilling to worship God at His appointed time and in His appointed manner, how is it possible for you to truly love Him and obey Him in other commandments? The proper worship of God reveals our hearts towards God. How we structure our daily, our weekly lives reveal our hearts. If we cease, if we omit to meet Him, in the way and the time in which he's called us to worship him, how is it that we are willing or able or possibly going to, um, to obey him in all of the other nine commandments if we're unable to worship him in the way that he's called us? In addition, the catechism informs us that we are, to, are forbidden to be careless in the performance of the duties required. We must be intentional and take seriously the observance of the Lord's day. We must work hard the six other days so that our affairs are in order and our mind, body, and soul is prepared, is ready to worship God for the entire day. Our confession in chapter 21 tells us that the Sabbath is then kept holy unto the Lord when men, after a due preparing of their hearts, and ordering their common affairs aforehand, being intentional, planning, right, in the six other days, do not only observe a holy rest all day 
from their own works, words, and thoughts about their worldly action, their worldly employment, and recreation. In order for us to not carelessly perform the duties required of us on the Lord's day, we must be intentional in our preparation for this wonderful day. There might be the application in this. We must have things in order within our homes and at work during the six other days so that they don't become easy stumbling blocks to draw our attention away from properly keeping the Sabbath in thought, word, and deed. Because that's very easy, right? Tomorrow's Monday. Tomorrow's work is at hand. Emails to be answered. Things to prepare. And we need to prepare our hearts so that the rest of the week, those six days, are all things are in order that we can put them out of our mind and give our undivided attention and worship to God on the Sabbath day. The fourth commandment forbids us from neglecting its observance. The fourth commandment forbids our careless observance of it. And the third thing that I mentioned, our fourth commandment forbids us from profaning the day or making the day common. We know that the Sabbath day is sanctified. It's a whole day set aside for both the public and private worship of God. The public worship of God in many regards may be easier for us to participate in because it's more structured and scriptured through the liturgy of the church. Right? You attend, you you get yourself to church, you attend here, and you follow the liturgy, the, the schedule of what the church has for you to worship Him in public. While the private worship of God on the Lord's day is dependent upon the structure and focus you make of it, the private worship of God on the Sabbath will not naturally happen. We don't naturally worship God. Our sinful nature takes us away from worshiping God. We will be distracted and carried away of the things of the world on this day. It requires forethought and planning on how to carry it about. It may be wise for households to have each Lord's Day planned out in advance on how you plan to worship the Lord in private during the Sabbath. You've yet to hear, you won't hear, anyone from up here telling you this is how you observe the Sabbath in detail, in the do's and the don'ts. But here we have general principles that we are to worship God both in private and public. The public worship, we have a liturgy, it's established, it's an order that we bring about in the private worship, it's dependent upon you of establishing as a family, as a household, on how that day will look for you to worship God throughout the Lord's Day in private. So the answer to question 66 that deals with forbidding the profaning of the Sabbath provides some guidelines and parameters to structure private worship on the Lord's Day. So this Catechism question 66 does give us some, some uh, parameters on how we can go about organizing that day for us. The fourth commandment for, 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 uh, forbids the profaning the day by idleness. So kids, you recall me mentioning that we're to work diligently six days or seven days. And what I meant by that is that we are to rest, set the, apart what we do in common on the six other days. But this day is not to be idle. We're not to sit around it. We're not to do nothing. It's profa- we profane the Lord's day if we sit by and just let the day go by in idleness, sitting still. So we, the fourth commandment forbids the profaning the day by idleness or doing that which is in itself sinful or by unnecessary thoughts, words, or works about worldly employments or recreation. So for both 
a private and public worship of God, we are to not be idle. We are not to be lazy, but we're to be active and proactive in the worship of our God. We are to put away all worldly employment and recreation and worship our God. So that is the resting. That is the setting apart. We're to take the good things. We need to mention that they are good. Employment is good. Recreation is good. But we're to set that aside on the Lord's day, the Sabbath, and give Him worship. And we are to do this, I don't know if you got this, and we are to do this in thought, word, and deed. The Lord's day should be filled with the public worship of God, true fellowship between believers, prayer, reading the Bible, and other literature that will help us increase our understanding and worship of Him. It is to be a full day unto the Lord. So these are examples. These are things. These are ideas that we can fill this day with, being proactive with, of fellowship between the believers. We could spend this day in prayer. We could spend this day in reading Scripture, reading other literature that will help us to understand God better and increase the worship and honor to Him. So it is to be a full day. It's not to be a day that's just set apart in idleness and to wait for Monday to come about. Church, we are to keep this commandment, like all commandments, in thought, word, and deed. So church, can we keep this law perfectly? And we'll see this, this question does come up in the catechism after we get through the Ten Commandments. After all the Ten Commandments are presented, and we understand we have to keep this in thought, word, and and deed, the question does come up in our catechism, are we able to keep this perfectly? Of course not. And we've added that into some of our liturgy where we ask that question, right? Can we keep these commandments perfectly? Of course not. But who has for us? Christ has kept these commandments perfectly for us. So are we as Christians, since Christ kept it perfectly for us and we can't keep it, are we to neglect it? Are we to put it off? Or do we do away with it? uh, Certainly not. Because we know God's law is good and perfect And we are called to strive and struggle to obey it. The Sabbath was made for man. It is a blessing from the Lord. We are called to learn to love the Sabbath and to teach our children to do the same. We need to recognize that and realize that. That the Sabbath is a gift to us from God. And we are to learn to love it. Now do we all love it automatically? Do all of our children just look for the day with excitement to come? Probably not. But as parents, we're called to teach and to guide and to lead our children in to learn how to love the Sabbath day. I think that goes the same for you and I as, as we are in Christ. So now let us turn our attention to question 67. And it asks this question, what are the reasons annexed or added to the fourth commandment? And the answer given is the reasons added or annexed to the fourth commandment are God's allowing us six days of the week for our own lawful employments, His challenging a special propriety in a seventh, His own example as His blessing, the the Sabbath day. So again, we are reminded of the model or example God has set for us in the creation narrative. Think about this. In Genesis, where it's recorded, God chose to take six days to create the universe. Did God need six days to create the universe? Of course not. But He chose to take six days to create the universe, and His choosing to cease from the act of creating on the seventh day 
was to provide you and I, to provide the church, a model on how we are to organize and structure our week. God did not need to create things in six days. He did not need to cease from creating on the seventh, but He chose to as our example. We find that not only are we commanded to keep the Sabbath day as found in uh, the law of, of God, specifically the Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments of, as we just read, but we have been given a pattern to follow after from God at creation. So God has given us this pattern at creation, and then it's reminded or it's, it's reinstituted, if you will. It's, it's given to us in word form in the Ten Commandments. So church, much attention has been given to what is required and what is forbidden on the Sabbath, the Lord's Day. So we've been focusing a lot on what, is, what, is, what, what are we to do on the Sabbath day. But I also think attention needs to be given on what is required and expected of mankind on the six other days of the week. We know from these two answers that the other six days are to be given to worldly employment and recreation. Many people today want, to, want something for doing nothing, Right? Many people approach their life's mission and goal of getting out of work. I'm not talking about being efficient or maximizing one's return on investment, but desiring to do the least amount of work possible in all situations. We see that all over. We always look on how to get out of work. How can we do something, get something without doing anything, right? The scriptures are rather clear on the importance of work. 2 Thessalonians 3, 10-12 states, For even when, you, when we were with you, we would give you this command. Now listen to this. Children, listen to this. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busybodies. Now such person we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do your work, to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Work is a God-given thing to us. We work, when we work, we glorify and give honor and worship to God. So not only are we to rest and honor God and worship God on the, the Sabbath day, but we are to work diligently. We are to be uh, busy at work, meaningful work, on all six other days, giving glory and honor to God. Proverbs 12, 1, 12, 11 states, Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. And 1 Corinthians 10, 31 teaches us that whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So we see here that we are to worship God in all of our life. We are to work diligently in all of our days. Six days, it's our worldly work, our employment, and our recreation we're able to, to, to enjoy. And on the seventh, the Sabbath day, first day of the week for us, we are to set that aside and give our undivided attention to God and His worship. So I think it's important to note here, work here can look differently for everyone. We know those people that have a traditional job, but I think work here can look differently for those that are retired, those staying at home with children, those providentially hindered and the like. This, the concept is that for six days, we are to be diligent to work and work hard and wholesome work and enjoy the many blessings that the Lord has given us. We're to give him, him all the glory, thanksgiving and praise while we do our work and recreation. As Christians, as Christians each and every day of the week, all seven days, we are called to be intentional, 
thoughtful, and hardworking in making the most of each and every day. For six days, our undivided attention and energy must be given to our worldly work and employment. On the Lord's Day, we are to rest. We are to cease from our worldly employment and recreation and give our undivided attention and effort to the public and private worship of God. So as we conclude here at church, what is forbidden in the fourth commandment? The answer, the fourth commandment forbids the omission or careless performance of the duties required and the profaning the day by idleness or doing which in itself sinful or by unnecessary thoughts, words, or works about worldly employment or recreation. And what are the reasons annexed or added to the fourth commandment? The reasons annexed to the fourth commandment are God allowing us six days of this week for our own lawful employment, His challenging a special propriety in a seventh, His own example, and His blessing this Sabbath day. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You that You know us better than we know You, and that You've given us this pattern to follow after not only for our benefit, but ultimately, and most importantly, for your glory and honor. Lord, help us to be people that are intentional about our daily lives. Lord, help us to be people that work hard six days and give you the glory and honor in all those days. Lord, help us to be people who are intentional and diligent in the, the Sabbath day of keeping that, giving you honor and worship and glory, uh, both private and in, in public worship. Lord, we thank you in your grace and mercy that we know we can't keep this perfectly. Lord, we thank you for Christ who has kept it perfectly. And Lord, we wait, anticipate, and eagerly wait for the full Sabbath when we enter into your full kingdom and can cease from all this work in dealing with sin and glorify you forever. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.